0: It's such a privilege to hear Lily and Joey's story, and it's amazing for any Christian. Everybody has a totally different and unique story, which is amazing. So what I'm going to do is tell my story of how I became a Christian and what God did in my life when I was actually pretty much the same age as Joey and Lily, 18 years old. So I'm going to read a verse from a book in the Bible, the book of Romans, and then I'm going to show how my story illustrates this particular verse. And it's in Romans chapter 5, and uh, it's in verse 1. I'm going to read it to you. And as I go through the story, I'll keep signposting back to this verse. And this, the Bible says, Therefore, since you've been justified by faith. And I'll explain what some of these phrases mean, because sometimes, I don't know about you, it's, it's, it's 2,000 years ago, some of this language, and it's quite important to unpack it and say what it means. But since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want to unpack that first phrase, peace with God. I came from, unlike Lily and and, and Joey, I came from a family, non-Christian family, actually we were atheists family. Didn't really believe in God whatsoever. And I went to church once in 18 years, and in all the bits where it mentioned Jesus' name, I inserted my favourite sports hero. So when it said Jesus, I said John Louie because he was my hero at the time. He was a speedway motorcycle racer. (laughs) But I didn't know anything about God, and I'd never heard about God, and the only conversation I had about God was just, does God exist? You know, the one you have at school, or Do you believe God exists? I would just say, probably, I've no idea. I certainly didn't have the idea that you could have what this verse says, peace with God. I didn't realise there was anything in the possible to have access to God or a relationship with God and know God. It was just outside of my comprehension and grid. And I'd never heard anything about knowing God until I was 18 years old. And my mum, like I said, is is an atheist really, and she just loved debating and discussing and arguing with Christians. And she worked with a guy called Mike Ramsey at a school, and he said to her, we'd just love to tell you a bit more about what we believe about God and why we believe it. Do you fancy coming around meeting my wife, Mary? We'd just love to tell you a bit more about our faith. And she thought, bingo, Christians, discussion, Argument And so she went there really, I think actually part of her may have even gone there to persuade them that they were wrong. And so Mike and Mary told her about their faith and she kind of discussed and she debated and she questioned. And she left with these words to Mike and Mary. She said, I wish I could believe like you, but I can't. That's how she left and walked home. She got home, she put the key in the door, opened the family house front door, and literally the presence of God had filled the whole house. So she experienced the God that she had previously said, I can't believe like you, I just can't believe. Suddenly she's having this experience, I guess like Lily was saying in her story, a testimony at Soul Survivor, An experience a tangible experience that is not just an idea or a concept he's real and so the the family home was filled with the sense of god the reality of god probably the love of god and that's how my journey began so we woke up the family woke up the next day and my mum who had always been an atheist and persuading christians that they were wrong and debating with everyone She told us that she had become a Christian that night. I actually laughed out loud. I thought it was utterly ridiculous. How can you go from arguing with my auntie that that her experience of God was wrong, and almost persuading her that her experience wasn't valid, to suddenly (coughs) you're saying, you've met God. Hilarious, I thought. Absolutely crazy. There was part of me that was intrigued by what had happened, and suddenly she's going into W. H. Smith and buying a Bible. And I had a Gideon. I mean, I had a Gideon's Bible when I was 11. They hand, They used to hand them out in schools, and I read it. I probably read it once and didn't understand a bit of it. And I've still got that little Gideon's Bible in a drawer. And I was clearly intrigued by this new life that she started to have. And so I suppose I went from that moment, God wasn't just a a theoretical thing, does he exist? I knew that he existed, but I didn't have what this verse said, peace with God. So peace with God is like you've got relationship, you've got connection, you're you're relating to him and talking with him. hearing him, and I began to get more and more intrigued, and I was beginning to ask more and more questions, and so I took myself aside, and I said, stop asking questions, you're looking too interested, if you're not careful, you're going to become a Christian, (laughs) and I remember I was in my room, I knew where I stood, and I berated myself, stop it, but I couldn't stop it. I I could not stop asking these questions, but I didn't want to know God. I was adamant I didn't want to know him. When I thought about him, I thought he's going to be restrictive and he's going to be limiting. I don't want anything to do with him really, but I'm intrigued and something's growing inside of me and I can't stop asking questions. There were two things I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up watching horror movies. I thought he's going to take that away because clearly that's that's <laughs> that's definitely about the other team, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to touch that, isn't he? <laughs> and uh, and um, my mum asked me actually do you believe in god? I said I know I, from the movies I'd watched I thought I know evil exists. <laughs> uh-huh. Good probably does too. And the other thing I was absolutely adamant about is I am not singing in church. (laughs) I don't want to give up horror films, and I definitely don't want singing. I don't want that. So, essentially, I was intrigued, I was interested, but I I didn't want those things to change. And so over literally only three months, I could feel that... God dismantling my objections and my arguments against him. I could feel that he was creating the conditions in my heart that actually wanted to say yes, that he was creating desire. Even though I didn't want desire, he was creating it. And that probably is what that first part of the verse is. Therefore, since you've been justified by faith... Like, I couldn't create trust, I couldn't create desire, I couldn't create faith, but he was creating something that would lead to relationship with him. And so I started to go to church on a Sunday, and I joined the youth club, and I sat every meeting, I'm not singing. (laughs) Very determined about that. And I began to borrow cassettes from the tape library... Now that was those days you kind of dates doesn't the borrowing tapes randomly and I got this one by a preacher called Yong Cho who's I think a Korean speaker. And so I'm eighteen, I love bikes, I love push bikes, I love cycling. And I hear this preacher on this cassette say, If you want a red bike, ask God for a red bike. If you want a blue bike, ask God for a blue bike. That really spiritual language, really complex, really complex theology, or really complex thoughts. Immediately, I experience—I don't know what it was—but my heart is full. I'm whether is it is it's probably the love of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, the reality of God. On the back of if you want a red bike, ask for a red bike. I thought I don't know what I was really thinking. I can't put words to what I was thinking. But I had a profound experience that he filled my heart, and he introduced himself in a tangible, real way. And after that, I still had my objections. I thought to myself, he's restricting, he's limiting, I don't want to sing, I don't want to give up horror films, I don't want him to affect my life, I don't really want to follow him. And so for two weeks I thought I don't want to do anything (laughs) about what's just happened there. And a friend of mine just said to me, he just gave me a little nudge and said, you actually want to say yes, don't you? And I just needed somebody to give an invitation. I said, actually, I do want to say yes. And I remember, I think it's the 27th of May, 1987. I guess it was like Joe was saying, I kind of said, I guess whatever it was, whether it was a prayer, it was a, yeah, I want to I have this peace with you. I want this relationship with you. Um, and so I said yes. And I remember the next day, the Wednesday, being in the back of a car thinking, I'm never, ever, ever going to be alone again. I'm never, ever going to be alone again. You're, you're going to be with me. And that was really pretty much all I knew, and we, I just began to have a kind of conversation with him. In that moment, I knew I had peace with God. And in this verse, it says, "Through our Lord Jesus Christ." And it's really interesting that <clears throat> Jesus did was did everything for me. That's how I got this access, this relationship. Like. It wasn't the moment that my mum became a Christian and I got intrigued that I had to go to work and improve my life or suddenly had to have a different attitude or had to do, do certain things. It, it's really through what Jesus did that I got this access. It was completely a free gift. There was no self-improvement. He did everything to connect me so that I could begin to know him and love him. But very early on, I think Joey touched upon this reality that whatever we do is always going to love us. I really didn't understand this thing called grace. Because it says through him we also obtained access into faith, into this grace in which we stand. I didn't understand that part. I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand that it was all a gift. I thought it starts as a gift... And then I thought you had to do something and then you had to work or you had to really be good or you had to really improve or you had to do something really really significant for him. And so I believe that the thought that you got in as a gift but once I was in to know him and had this peace with him and his access I, I, I began to think that now it's about behaviour, now it's about performance now it's about being good and now it's about doing enough and now it's not is about not doing bad and what had come as the beginning as this wonderful liberating moment i suddenly put weight upon weight upon weight on myself because i didn't understand i stood in this grace this Uh gift this this absolute lavish generosity so i want to tell you this story because about six months after the experience of listening to the tape about the red bike and and then saying, yes, I want to follow God. The movie that I'd been waiting all year came out. And it was A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. And it came out at the cinema. And I'd loved the other two movies. And I really, really wanted to see the second film. And suddenly I felt this thing of, oh, don't, there's God, and then there's this film, and I kind of gritted my teeth and resisted it at the cinema, and then, oh, it came out on video, and I thought, oh, I don't, you, you're, you're a spoil sport and I want to do what I want to do, and I want to watch this film, so I watched the, I watched the uh, video when it came out. And when I look back, it wasn't such a big deal about the movie. It wasn't that the movie was this big issue, it, it was my belief that after watching A Nightmare in Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, that somehow I'd stepped outside of peace with God, that somehow I had broken the relationship with him, and somehow I had damaged it, so how do I actually get back? I'd walked away from grace. But that's not what the verse says. It says, having had peace with God, get relationship with God, Jamie, you've got access to God, you've got friendship, now you stand in grace. You stand in grace. And I wish my 18-year-old self had just understood it wasn't that big a deal. And it felt devastating and overwhelming, and it's kind of stupid really, but it was a big deal to me, this movie. And it felt a big deal that I'd seen it when I thought, actually... You know, I know like the Bible says all things are there to enjoy but not everything's good and I kind of knew it wasn't good uh, but I wanted what I wanted but I didn't understand that, that it's actually impossible for me to step outside of this peace with God. That I had this relationship that he was still really present with me, it's just my stupidity and what I believed stopped me being consciously aware of the fact he was always with me and nothing changed. And over the years, I think, understanding that we stand in grace, oh, that, oh, yeah. that this pursuing of me when I wasn't interested in him, this pursuing of me when I didn't want him, he had done everything that I could have a relationship, and that was fixed and solid and settled and strong, and that I actually had unchanging access. So well done in your stories, guys, that you, you got him. <laughs> You got it, you understood that it's all about him, that he's faithful, that he's made a way, that his attitude to us is fixed and solid and settled. And, and it's not about us trying to perform and get our behaviour, it's about we're in this relationship. And I wish I'd just come to God as an 18-year-old and said, you know what, God, this is a really big deal to me and I feel pretty powerless over it and I don't really want to, but it seems so appealing and I really need your help and I want to surrender to you. I wish I'd understood that you could bring that stuff into a relationship with God, that it wasn't about performance, but you could bring all of it. I didn't understand that at all. So the presence of God, relationship with God, is a starting point. And do you know, I haven't exhausted his his riches and his treasures decades later. And that this grace I stand in is the birthplace of all expectation. Uh, And I want to finish with this. This passage says, glory and the hope of the glory of God. So from a really, really young age, really young, I was absolutely terrified about dying laying at night, I remember seven years old, I'd come to the conclusion, based on my own scientific knowledge, that everybody lived to 100. That was my conclusion, that everybody lived to 100. I was seven, not really that great at maths, but I could work out that I had 93 years left. So I, was all, I felt all right, but overwhelmed by the fear of death. But after that experience, as an 18 year old, the fear of death actually immediately Left me, I had this definite assurance and hope that the life that had started now was going to go on forever and ever. That I could con- confidently look forward without fear that the best was yet to come. And so I've known God for 30 odd years. And I must say, a relationship with God is, he always leaves you hungry for more. And sometimes, if I'm really honest, it's a little little frustrating because you yearn and long for something more, but we're we're looking forward to the best is yet to come. And I've had glimpses of him and experiences of him and incredible things that I've seen with my own eyes. Like in 2011, we were in Redding, California, and they were giving the notices before the person came to speak, and it started in the right-hand corner, Flickering gold dust that grew and grew and grew and grew that 800 people in the same room could see physical smoke appearing and yeah we all looked at the vents and we thought are they pumping something in is someone trying to trick us but it wasn't and people worshipped non-stop for three hours I've seen things like oil appearing in my hands and gold dust turning into oil I've seen tangible experiences of God there's nothing like what's to come. Like I'm looking forward to, it's going to be face to mm. face, face to face. It's going to be continual, and it's never going to be interrupted. This verse says the glory in hope of the glory in hope of the glory of God. That means there's this never interrupted, never ending, unending reality that I'd, I stepped into when I was 18 that's grown and grown and grown, but there's more to come. I can actually look forward. Right now, is kind of pale in comparison, and it's kind of dim, and it's passing, but there's coming a moment where it's going to be Technicolor absolutely in my face seeing. And all of that confidence is nothing to do with good behaviour, nothing to do with growth in character, it's nothing to do with doing something spectacular with your life. It's all about, it's a gift of grace. And so I'm gonna finish there with this part of the verse that just says rejoice. Rejoice in what you've received. The best is yet to come. There's more to come. And I would say to anybody who doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know God, sometimes prayer doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be like my mum's prayer. I wish I could believe, but I can't. I wish it was true, but I doubt it is. If If I'm wrong, show me. It can be as simple and as honest and as real, the more real and raw the prayer is, the better it is. And he'll meet with you in a unique way, in a way perfect for you, like it was for me. If you want a red bike, ask for a red bike. So God, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for all the stories we've heard. We want to thank you for the opportunity to rejoice together. We want to thank you that we can stand in grace. We can stand in a fixed and solid position because of your goodness, Lord Jesus. And thank you for what you've been doing and what you've done in Joey's life and what you're doing in Lily's life. Thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness and their own unique stories of how they came to uh, engage and know that you were real and stepped into peace with God, relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Amen.